painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today on Artbeat, we're talking with Sharon Mansour, the first ever guest curator for the Frozen River Film Festival 2022. She shared more about this year's festival, her own personal workshop and film that will be presented, and what inspires her passion for dance. I'm Bradley Harris. Stick around as we hear more about the Frozen River Film Festival 2022 from Sharon Mansour on today's Artbeat. All right, so I'm here with Sharon Mansour, the first guest curator for the Frozen River Film Festival 2022. And how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, so I understand that the guest curator is a new position uh, for the festival this year. And what does that uh, position like entail for you exactly? Yes, yeah, it is a brand new position. Uh, so the managing director, Eileen Moeller, uh, had this idea of wanting to open up the screening process, uh, curating process. So beyond her role and beyond the screening committee and wanting to develop a new role to bring in new perspectives each year. So I'm not only having a chance to be creative as far as selecting films that were submitted as far as soliciting new films I might be interested in, um, but I'm also helping to develop the position itself, which is really exciting to me in collaboration with Eileen. Uh, And then additionally, I'm involved in several community engagement activities throughout the festival, uh, panel discussions, uh, and I'm teaching a workshop on February 12th called Filmmaking and the Creative Process, which I'm excited about. Uh, And I'll be also present at some of the filmmaker events. They'll be visiting filmmakers who I'll get to engage with. So all of that just creates a really uh, well-rounded role that as a, first as a dance artist, and uh, I do make films as well. It's giving me a chance to really sort of flex my creative muscles in a different way and um, you know, really immerse myself in a festival that I've loved for years and have worked with in different capacities previously. Kind of just in general then, would you be able to give a brief overview of what the film festival is like for individuals that maybe have never been there or attended it? Sure, yeah. So it's, uh, well, this year... The festival is running um, a full week, so it's running from February 6th through the 13th, and it's a festival dedicated to documentaries, uh, which is is pretty rare as a a theme, and it showcases everything from films about nature and the environment to social issues uh, to human interests. The interest in the power of stories in in narratives that really reflect our humanity and help us think, you know, challenge us to consider other points of view, as well as, you know, the pure enjoyment of being a human being, (laughs) interacting and living in the world. Uh, That's really the thread throughout the festival. And so there are different ways to attend. Uh, This year is a hybrid version, given the continuance of COVID. Uh, You can attend in person as well as online and uh, our website uh, which is frff.org gives you a full schedule it tells you different ways you can attend in terms of buying tickets you can buy passes which gives you access to you know 
a broader spectrum of events. Um, and there'll be often audience discussions following uh, certain films. And, and there's also several workshops going on. So you can immerse yourself either every day and night, all week. You could dip in, you know, attend a set. Um, you could show up the next day and, you know, spontaneously buy tickets for something else. It's really a great um, way to come together within this community here in Winona and really tap into what is a national and international um, commitment to documenting and sharing, you know, important themes in our world. So since you brought up the workshops and you had mentioned that you were going to do one or presenting one mm-hmm. during the festival, are those kind of related to the theme this year, like dealing with documentaries or what are those kind of related to? Right. So my workshop will be uh, just an introduction to filmmaking, really from a creative spark point of view. So it's open to anyone. You don't have to have filmmaking experience. You only just need to bring your phone and access, you know, to be able to make short videos. It'll be leading through, you know, if you have um, just a creative spark of an idea, you want to even create like a short one-minute video of something. Like how do you think about visual imagery, framing, uh, pacing, just some basics and giving you a chance to practice and get feedback in a group setting. Uh, So that's my workshop. And it will be about what's just right around us. Uh, we'll be on Winona State's campus for that. Oh, the other thing about the festival, too, is it happens in many different venues all over Winona, which if you're coming in person. So that also is a just a nice way to be immersed here in our community. So we have many community partners and sponsors. So it's definitely a sort of all-community event. Um, there's another workshop um, called The Sky Inside, which... A friend and colleague, I um, invited uh, Joanna Rockin from Colorado. She's flying in to teach, which is related to her film called The Sky Inside. I curated a dance film set called Motion State. And that workshop will be a movement-based workshop about tuning in. It's very contemplative and um, very sensory-oriented. I would relate it more to sort of like a meditation, movement meditation, in a way. And that'll be on Sunday morning, February 13th um, at 9.30. And you don't have to have movement experience. It's really a gentle way to be present and really engage and uh, hopefully find some relaxation and ease through the body. And that's giving a sort of a taste of what her film theme is about what it follows as far as her teaching and her art making, um, her art practice in Colorado. So the third workshop is called Fundraising Through PBS Broadcast by Alejandro Palacios, and that'll be Saturday, February 12th at 3 p.m. I guess kind of more just like a general question again, what for you has been the process so far leading up to the festival and like how much work goes into it? I know you're doing your own workshop and everything. So I guess aside from that, just kind of all that you have to do, what does that process look like? Yes. The process for me was uh, first sitting down to a series of meetings with Eileen to really talk about this new role and what possibilities there might be uh, for both of us as far as working together. 
then I was invited to start taking a look at the films that were submitted already. There's a application process through an online platform called Film Freeway, where filmmakers, you know, can upload their films, and then the screening committee starts to view them and discuss them. And so I was able to access that to start to take a peek, you know, what had already been submitted and look for themes and um, possible groupings, aspects that I might be interested in highlighting. And then that led to certain themes that I was interested in and wanted to increase that by inviting um, certain films into the mix as well as then as a dance artist it was an obvious choice to create curate a dance film set so that i i definitely built that up myself including uh work from local winona area artists and then several dance artists who have some connection here to winona specifically uh and to me so that became the theme for the dance film film set the sense of organizing around um, my work either collaboratively collaboratively with other artists or how they all had some connection here. And that was exciting to me. Um, and then we've been looking at developing the workshops and looking at the film festival as a whole. So right now we're immersed in the process of um, reading through all the blurbs and all the um, titles and bios and all that information. Uh, we're starting to look at a fundraiser event we're doing right before the festival kicks off. We're talking about the panel discussions, you know, who's going to be talking uh, with the audience after certain film sets and making sure those are in place. Uh, we're also talking about the accessibility of the festival in terms of um, you know, the community, the range of community members, any any special needs people might have. And we've been talking a lot throughout about the sense of uh, diversity and equity aspects as well. And, you know, that's the long-term process. So we're planting seeds now, and that's something Eileen and the board of directors in the screening um, group is very committed to. So we're looking at, within the organization, across the board, from volunteers who will come on board just for the week of the festival to, again, long-term staff and board members, what sort of positive, supportive actions the festival and the organization wants to invest in. So it's been interesting to be part of these very, you know, um, time-based, short-term tasks, right? The festival's in less than a month and as well as these broader, long-term uh, goals and ideas. So that's that's been what I've been immersed in for uh, the last four months, I'd say. So since this is uh, obviously your first year as the guest curator, have you been a part of the festival before, whether that's just doing films or workshops, or is this your first year entirely participating mm. in the festival? Right, yeah. I have been involved in the festival in a few different ways over the years which that's another benefit of the festival is that people can get involved in many different ways. Uh, I, for two seasons, I did a role that 
involved helping to manage the visiting filmmakers' experience, helping set up and um, advise on their travel, helping them get lodging, as well as connecting them with a volunteer who would basically be a welcome guide to them when they arrive, help them get oriented and settled, and make sure they have everything they need. And I really enjoyed that role. I've met some amazing filmmakers and working with the volunteers. The volunteers every year are just amazing and generous. And I'm very excited about about this festival here. And I have shown uh, a few of my own dance films over the years as well. There has been a local set the last few years that really showcases the talent we have in our area. I've been involved in that one. And there was a opportunity to screen an entire set of my films uh, one year. There was a Frozen Friday event. We don't have this year, but it happened uh, throughout downtown businesses on Friday afternoons, traditionally, and people could just wander through downtown and pop into different local businesses, such as Blooming Grounds, and I, I happened to be at Infi Infinity Yoga Studio that year, and an informal chance to watch films in you know a downtown setting, get a chance to get to know the downtown businesses, especially for out-of-town uh, attendees. It was a great way to connect with local business. So yeah, I've been really fortunate to have different ways to be involved and feel supported for my work as an artist and then loop back to be able to support, you know, other filmmakers. That's been really satisfying. Yeah. And then uh, you're showing another um, dance film at the festival this year. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. It's a new film um, that premiered uh, last fall, fall 2021, called A Thousand and One Arab Futures. And that um, is a reimagining. It's a short film that took the themes from an evening-length dance performance, live performance I did in June 21 at the outside at the Minnesota Conservatory for the Arts. And that was a, a two-year process through COVID, <laughs> a lot of it long distance, working with um, three wonderful co-directors uh, all with Lebanese heritage relating to my own Lebanese uh, background. Uh, Yara Bustani, Andrea Shakur, and uh, Metalulu Von Cole. So we worked together to create the choreography and the performance aspect and the visuals for the live performance. And then I worked with Sydney Swanson, an area dance artist and photographer, filmmaker, to kind of reimagine that evening length work and distill it into like a seven minute, you know, visual film experience. And that, yeah, that was a wonderful challenge and it's great to be able to show it again. And so that's within my uh, motion state dance film set. You've mentioned um, that you've been doing dance films and that obviously you are an experimental dance artist and educator. Mm -hmm. Would you kind of be able to describe what that's like or what you like about that, I guess? Sure. So, right, yeah, my, my path as a dance artist um, has been unexpected and surprising over the years. I, uh, I've been dancing since I was young, just for the sheer, you know, joy of it, and studied dance in college. Uh, I grew up in New England and was able to study dance 
uh, at Connecticut College. And coming out of that program and continuing to dance on the East Coast until I moved here to teach at Winona State, um, yeah, I feel like the experimental contemporary dance field within the larger dance field just gave me a lot of freedom to really respond to the times, the current moment, um, and sort of my sense of my place in the world, as well as delve into my family history, which became a strong theme, um, but also current events um, and engage with communities of different ages. Modern or contemporary dance has a real flexibility in that way. Uh, so teaching, you know, three-year-olds, creative movement, to working with seniors, you know, uh, in nursing homes, to high school students, to showing up in a public place and doing an impromptu performance. Um, that has been really what I feel is a very flexible and supportive way to engage with the community. And so here in Winona, it's continued. I have a lot of partners I work with, um, the Eastern Recreation Center, to the universities, to Art of the Rural, which is a nonprofit arts organization here, River Arts Alliance, Minnesota Conservatory for the Arts. It's it's a way I'm able to go to um, where certain communities congregate rather than inviting them always to be in a more traditional theater setting, which I also enjoy, but to be able to go to spaces and be really flexible, whether I'm performing in a gallery or a recreation room or inviting people to dance with me down a sidewalk on 3rd Street or showing a film in a storefront window. It's, it's been a way I can engage in a lot of different ways and, and open the possibility that dance is accessible for anyone and everyone. And that's really an important part of my mission, I feel, as an artist. And as an educator, it all integrates together. I feel like it's, it's always feels like both for me. So I've been, I taught full-time for several years at Winona State, um, and I taught full-time on the East Coast at University of Maryland for several years. But what suited me better was teaching as an adjunct professor. So right now I teach modern dance at St. Mary's University. And sometimes I do teach a semester or two at Winona State. I've taught modern dance uh, there as well. And that helps me engage with ideas, you know, uh, support students in their own journeys creatively and also as people. Uh, I mean, the arts is very powerful for the outlet for expression and for awareness, self-awareness and confidence and health. And so that's an exciting outlet for me to offer that container, you know, that outlet for students to be able to be able to be in tune with themselves and to express what they might not have an outlet to express otherwise. Uh, yeah, and that joy of moving with others, you know, that sense of community as well. Is there anything then specifically that inspires uh, your work and what you do, or would you say it's kind of just that community aspect and, like, bringing people together? Well, the community aspect definitely is a strong thread. Um, my curiosity about identity, which my own you know, cultural heritage as an Arab American has been an aspect of identity. I've also been interested in feminine identity and um, 
how people, yeah, the various ways people identify themselves. So I'd say identity is another thread of curiosity. Environment, I would say, is another big theme. I do a lot of outdoor performance work, whether in natural environments or built environments, and I am fascinated with how our world is structured and how we relate to it. Uh, you know, our bodies, our individual bodies, and how, if you think of the earth, our world is like one body, which that's often a metaphor we use, right? Mother earth. And so that sense of the earth as a body and our bodies and how we inherently relate to that, you know, being mammals, being creatures with water and a sense of earthiness and um, our nervous systems and how all of our body systems really relate to our own continual world that we navigate through. So I'd say the environment is another theme that really interests me. And then the visual realm. Um, dance is a visual art form as well as a kinetic movement-based form. And I love um, color and space and how you know there's a lot of beauty in the world part that we create as well that exists in the world naturally then the sense of how we visually make sense of the world and that communication that happens non-verbally whether it's through movement or through visual art or how people decorate their homes how people choose to dress that all really inspires me and so I'd say that's another theme as well the visual play and engagement that we we gather around us as people. I guess aside from it just being documentaries uh, at the film festival this year, is there anything else that you kind of think differentiates this year's festival from previous years? Oh, sure. Well, I feel the process that Eileen started with, you know, this opening up to new perspectives, multiple perspectives with the selection and curation is a new aspect and I do feel this awareness and commitment to more diversity equity and inclusion which had been already a growing thread in the festival I'd noticed the past several years that deepening of that commitment I'd say would be another evolution sure for the festival yeah while while maintaining a commitment to the documentary genre which I do feel is an important aspect um, to honor. I mean, it, and within the film field, from what I know, from my own limited perspective, it, you know, documentaries um, are, I think, developing at, within that genre and coming into their own. And I feel it's an interesting discussion point to look at how documentaries are evolving within, you know, their more functional you know, we're documenting we're documenting this moment to save it, to keep it from disappearing, but also the beautiful artistic, aesthetic aspects of documentary filmmaking. One aspect that I've noticed and I've heard other people talking about is the inclusion of animation within documentaries. So the integration of going from a real-time, real-person moment to... Uh, animated, imagistic extension or imagining of a moment that wasn't able to be documented, you know, in real time. And so that's an interesting innovation 
that as an artist in working in other fields, I'm really curious to see how that how that might evolve and what people think about it. You know, whether does that is that still pure documentary or does that bring it into a hybrid form? And I love seeing how art forms can evolve and and push, you know, push those edges. So I feel like the festival is including, you know, some really interesting aspects and hopefully some interesting sparks for conversation. And then I, you did mention it uh, a few different times, I think, but just kind of one last note, where are people able to go to find more information about this year's festival? Sure, yes. So the main festival website is frff.org for Frozen River Film Festival. And that'll have the whole schedule. There'll be information about getting tickets and passes. Uh, for students, for college students, uh, this has been traditionally the case. Uh, they just have to show their student ID, and they can get a free pass, so they'll be access to all the films and workshops. Uh, they will need to go in person. There is an office for Frozen River at uh, 164 East 2nd Street that's open, and then also on site during the festival. During uh, yeah, at each venue starting an hour before, there'll be box office access to get these passes. And again, the website will have all the information, including a phone number, an email, uh, if you want to talk to the Frozen River staff directly. Thank you so much. I think those are all the questions that I have. But yeah, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, of course. Yeah, like I said, really interesting questions and it's great to take a moment now to pause as we're ramping up to reflect on the beginnings of working on this year's festival and and thinking ahead a little bit i'm now imagining all the audience engaging and i'm we're very excited we hope people really find it a a great way to connect whether it's in person or online and help you know bring some creativity to their winter Thanks again to Sharon Mansour for joining us today on Artbeat. For more conversations on art, tune into Artbeat Tuesdays at 1230 right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Riley Harris, and we've just heard about the Frozen River Film Festival 2022 from Sharon Mansour on Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org.